first lesson for today is taken from the 24th chapter of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called the Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Today we will read Psalm 2 responsibly by verse. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why do the peoples utter empty threats? Let us break their yoke, they say. Let us cast off their bounds from us. Then he speaks to them in his wrath, and his rage fills them with terror. I myself have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Let me announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. Uh, ask of me, and I will give you the nation for your inheritance, and the ends of your earth for your possession. You shall crush them with an iron rod, and shatter them like a piece of pottery. And now, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Submit to the Lord with fear and with trembling bow before him. Let him be angry and you perish, for the wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are, the, happy are they all who take refuge in him. The second lesson today is taken from Second Peter, the first chapter. For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ but we have been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed, conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Here ends the lessons. 
ask you to stand as you are able. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwelling places, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time, the uh, children's message. Good morning. Okay. Good, maybe I'll sit here because I can see you better from here. Okay, good to see you. Today is, the color is white, it's transfiguration, and Jesus changes. He, he's a, a man, and then as on this mountain with some of the disciples, he, is, he glows white and his power is revealed. So he is revealed to be truly human, but also truly God. And that's what this day is about, that change, that transfiguration. There are some things that change in our lives, right? Think, can you think of things that make a change? Just, yes. Our age. Your age, that's right. You are changing and growing older each day. Very good. I was thinking of something like the rain, if it's cold enough, becomes ice or snow. And then if you ever have snow, you might build a snow person, and then it, it might get warm, and then the snow becomes water. So those are amazing changes. And if you boil water, it'll become a steam, a vapor. So if you put a... Go ahead. A snow god, that would be even better. That would be even better. I like that. Or an angel. Um, so if you put a seed in a pot of soil, a big change will happen. It will, a plant will grow if you water it and give it some sunlight. So today I have something. I like to try to have something to, to kind of uh, give a little life to the service of transfiguration. So, so what happens here is that You've all seen this, and some of you have probably done this, but I want you to each um, take one of these, and as you put those, so those little capsules, 
in the case that I was practicing with became dinosaurs. So there was a transformation, nothing like what happened to Jesus, but a, a transformation from a small cluster, small um, shaped item to then a kind of spongy animal. So there are dinosaurs, there are zoo animals, there are sea creatures, there are farm animals, and you can you take one, be very careful, they don't go in your mouth or anything. They, they, some of you are real, real good with this, I'm sure. This is no surprise to some of you. But um, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six. You could probably each take two. And just so this is farm animals, sea animals, zoo animals, and dinosaurs. So, amen. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen. Thank you for your attention and your good answers. I'll remember to, did you say a snow god? That's good. I'll do that. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel, that we may be formed to do and follow the light of Jesus our Lord. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that hymn, because it relates closely to these lessons for today. The light of Jesus shining in our hearts. A picture or an image from Second Peter chapter 1 that helps us today and helps us every day, just like those words help us, is the image of the lamp shining in a dark place in verse 19. The author says, you will do well to be attentive to this which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be as attentive to the gospel of Jesus Christ as you would be to a lamp shining in a dark place. Because the lamp shining in the dark place would scatter the darkness. A path would be seen and what's in front of us we could avoid or embrace, depending on what is before us. The light of Jesus helps us to do what the author of 2 Peter reminds us of in verse 16. For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we had been witnesses to his majesty. The author is saying that the light and the grace and the sacrifice of Christ expose cleverly devised myths as not the truth and calls us to be eyewitnesses to the light of Christ to expose cleverly devised myths as dangerous, 
and opposed to the gospel. In this passage, myth means a widely held but false belief or idea. In the case of scripture, then, myth means something that is not true. In Christ's transfiguration, Jesus, the human being, is transfigured, changed, to show that Jesus is truly God, truly human, truly God. And in that event, also, he appears with Moses, the one who receives the transforming law of God, and Elijah, a prophet of the transforming experience of defeating the false prophets of Baal and then hearing God in sheer silence. Jesus takes his place with them. With Peter, James, John, Moses, and Elijah, we are eyewitnesses to the present love of Jesus Christ in our lives. We are eyewitnesses to the gospel through our baptism into the body of Christ the church. We are witnesses to the love of Christ in the transforming gift of Holy Communion. We are eyewitnesses to the love of God in the scripture we read in our worship and music, in our acts of love and care for others like a clothing giveaway yesterday, the lamp of Christ, the light leading us in the Holy Spirit, stirring us. We are eyewitnesses. It's not like we've missed anything. It's all been revealed to us, just as if we were on that mountain that day with Jesus and Moses and Elijah, Peter, James, and John. We've been there. We are eyewitnesses also. With Peter, James, and John, who fell to the ground when overwhelmed by that cloud and heard that voice, Jesus comes to them, touches them, says, get up and do not be afraid. So following the Holy Spirit, we are well prepared to not follow but to expose cleverly devised myths. It is part of who we are as the body of Christ the church. Another source of light and truth that gives us some guidance in this passage is in 2 Peter chapter 1 again. You must understand that no prophecy of Scripture is ever a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will. But men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So part of our eyewitnessing and part of our mission is certainly listening to the Holy Spirit guiding in each of our lives. What are cleverly devised myths surrounding us today? There are more than a few. And as I share them with you, I have wrestled with them. And they pierce my heart as I'm sure they do yours. The myth that many possessions make us happy, or the myth that more is better than enough. 
the myth that one race is superior to all other races, the myth that is acceptable to hold people in slavery, the myth that one nation is first above all other nations, or the myth that being first is best and being last is a failure. The myth that being busy and doing means success. The myth that doing is better than being. And this is a challenging one. The myth that the truth of our history and the evil we have done, including the church, to indigenous and black people, brown and yellow people, people of every color, the truth of that history should not be taught to us or to our children. But it should be taught. The myth that, or the myth of male domination, the myth that hierarchy with the powerful and rich at the top is a good way to govern. The myth that systems and laws that limit who can vote in a democracy are the norm and acceptable, or to gerrymander, that's acceptable too. Those are myths. The myth that power over is better than shared power. The myth that self-interest is better than interest in the common good. The myth that lies are okay, and the truth, if it's inconvenient, ignore it. The myth that a false reason or a selfish desire or a perverted lust makes it acceptable to invade another sovereign country. And as a world, we've been watching this go on for over a year, well, close to a year. The myth that hate is stronger than love. The myth that economic systems should be tilted in favor of the wealthiest. The myth that guns and weapons make people safe. The myth that we are not in a climate crisis. The myth that our human sexuality, our sexual orientation, our gender identity are not a gift from God the Creator. They are a gift from God the Creator. To overcome cleverly devised myths, we can't stay on the top of the mountain. We need to come down, as Jesus did, to the confusion and pain and suffering in Michigan State University, El Paso, Texas, Turkey and Syria, Ukraine, Myanmar. We need to come down from the mountain into the midst of all of that. Peter would have liked to have frozen that moment on the mountain. Probably I would have too. He says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwelling places. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and they were told by God to listen only to Jesus. There would be no dwelling places built that day to memorialize that moment of glory revealed. For God is not focused on memorials. 
God is focused on doing and being the truth that brings justice for all and to all. And Peter says it's good for us to be here. We can say it's good for us to be here now. You, we don't come by chance. We come by a call from God. Your evidence that God is calling you. You are eyewitnesses when you are here and when you leave. Good for us to be here doesn't necessarily mean that it's where we want to be. Good for us to be here are the places where our faith is being formed, deepened, and sometimes even challenged. Often we would like to stay on the mountaintop. Those moments of joy and celebration and victory and power. But that's not always a good place for us to be. I mean in victory and power. It is not where Jesus stayed, and Peter, James, and John came down with him from the mountaintop. They were tell, told to tell no one what they had seen and experienced in that place where it was good for them to have been. They were told not to talk about it until after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus didn't want them or us being attracted and twisted by the glory and the power. Because this message that you are eyewitnesses to is about a cross, a burial, an empty tomb, and a victory over death by Jesus, truly God, truly man. When they hear that voice, listen to him, Peter, James, and John fall down, as we read. Jesus lifts them up and touches them and says, don't be afraid. And I think it's important to remember that. For us to recognize where it is good for us to be, we will need to follow the same steps of Peter, James, and John that day on that mountaintop there are five steps they took. One was awe and wonder, amazed fear in the presence of God. The second step was the humility to fall down on the ground and recognize their need. The third was listening to Jesus, being open to the Holy Spirit, prayers and listening to God stirring us. The fourth was to stand up without fear. And the fifth step, the same steps we will follow as we listen to the Holy Spirit, was to leave the safety of the mountain and to go into the midst of life, to the suffering and to the hunger and to the sickness and the poverty, the division and the violence and the anger, and to bring peace and love, welcome affirmation, and acceptance of and to and for all people. It is good for us to be rejoicing in diversity. It is good for us to be celebrating the uniqueness and value of each 
and every person. And it is good for us to be overcoming, exposing, and working against cleverly devised myths wherever they appear. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen.